tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, Episode 26. Welcome back to the series that we're doing in the month of February on love and marriage. I'm really excited to have Beth McCord back with us again. She is an Enneagram coach and expert, and she and her husband, Jeff, have written a wonderful book called Becoming Us, Using the Enneagram to Create a Thriving Gospel-Centered Marriage. Uh, Hey, you guys, if you haven't yet listened to the last episode, episode 25, you're definitely going to want to pause this one and go back because, oh my goodness, even if you're familiar with the Enneagram, Beth does a masterful job of describing each type and their motivations. It'll give you an idea of which of the nine personality types you might fall in, but I would encourage you to take the self-assessment test over at yourenneagramcoach.com as well. And I'd love to have your spouse do it as well, because that's how you're going to get the most out of today's episode. Paul wrote these words in Philippians 1.9, and it's what I desire for this series. Listen to what he writes. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. I really believe that the Enneagram can help us understand each other in a deeper, more meaningful way. And I can't wait to hear what Beth has to say about this when it comes to marriage. Let's dive in. Well, I'm really excited to have Beth McCord back with us today. She is the author, along with her husband, of Becoming Us, Using the Enneagram to Create a Thriving Gospel-Centered Marriage. And you might be wondering what the Enneagram is. Uh, Beth, can you just give us a little little idea of that? I'm going to be pointing them back to the last episode where we talk about it in more detail. But what is the Enneagram? Yeah, so the Enneagram really is a map of self-understanding of why we do what we do uh, versus just our outward behaviors. And the Enneagram, if you think of it as an internal GPS, it's going to let you know your main type or your current location, but also the healthiest destination for your personality type and becoming more like Christ and how he designed you. But also it's going to let you know when you veer off course into those common pitfalls that we find ourselves and get frustrated at ourselves. But the Enneagram can be an alert system, like a rumble strip on a highway that can say, hey, if you keep thinking, feeling and behaving in this particular way, you're going to fall into that same pitfall. So why not surrender and depend to the Holy Spirit and come back and get back on track, focusing on who God has called you to be, which is being more like Christ. So that is in a very quick nutshell, but there's nine basic personality types or nine ways of seeing the world, interpreting the world and reacting to the world um, that are unique to each of the personality types and they're valid perspectives. And so we just want to learn how to take off our own lenses for a second and put others on. So we have more compassion and empathy and grace and mercy in our relationships so that we can work better together. Mm, uh, that is so good. And I especially love your approach to the Enneagram um, because it's very much gospel-centered and it's very much bringing God into the equation. I think the thing that excites me about the Enneagram is that it really gives us a chance to see someone else's point of view because, you know, when we, when John and I first got married, we had so much in common. We had both been raised in a Christian home. We loved Jesus with all our heart. We both felt called to ministry. And so I thought, oh my goodness, this is a match made in heaven. This is going to be glorious. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then it turns out that when the Bible says that the two shall become one, uh, that's a process. That doesn't happen on the day you say I do. How was it for you when you and Jeff got married? Yeah, well, we got married when we were 20. So you can imagine we didn't even know ourselves, let alone each other. Um, and it was the same. You know, I think everyone obviously gets into marriage because they think it's going to be the most glorious and grand experience because they're experiencing that in their dating life, you know, at least mostly. And that's why they choose marriage. But then soon after marriage, things kind of shift. Real life hits. Um, you start to realize you're seeing the world differently. You don't understand why they're not doing it the way you do it. Um, and it just can spiral out of hand going from what we thought was a ballroom dance into feeling like we're playing the game Twister and stumbling over each other. Um, and that is just really almost normal, you know, but we want to learn how to understand each other better so that we can come alongside each other and support each other in the way God designed us, but also to own our own faults and to grow in the areas that we need growth as well. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I know for me, it was so, so beneficial to come to the understanding that just because John and I didn't see life the same way, it didn't mean that one was right and one was wrong, or even that one was better than the other. Mm-hmm. And I I love uh, your approach in the book. Um, I really hope that our listeners will go and buy Becoming Us because it's so practical. And like I said in the last episode, which you guys, if you have not yet listened to the last episode with Beth, um, I really want to encourage you because she goes through the nine types in detail and she does it in the framework of of what your core longings are, what your motivations, all these different things. He talks about the strength as well as the weaknesses, which um, really, I, I think it was that um, that list of characteristics of the Enneagram that really helped me kind of pinpoint where I was coming from and then also where my husband was coming from. And so what I'd love it, if you wouldn't mind doing, is just kind of take us through the different types and, and maybe even um, talk about each type as to what do they bring to marriage? What are the good things that they bring to the world? Because like I said, a lot of times we think that the way we see things is the only way. And when I began to value who John was and the fact that he was not just like me, that's when everything changed. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, each personality style, God has you, you know, uniquely created. And when he creates something that is good. Um, and so what we want to think of is at the body of Christ, you know, that there are different personality styles that bring um, a reflection of God naturally um, to the world. And that is really what we want to celebrate and focus in on. So when we think about the body of Christ, um, we want to not just see why people are different than us and put them down for not being what we think is as good as us. Um, in fact, we want to see and celebrate what God has instilled in them naturally and how they reflect God in this beautiful way. So, um, yeah, so I'd be happy to go around all um, nine types and kind of give a glimpse as to the beautiful attributes that they bring when they're, you know, at a healthier state. Cause obviously when we're not doing well, we're not going to just naturally exude these things, but 
when we're doing well, we will naturally just, this will kind of permeate um, from us and people really enjoy it. So would you like me to go ahead and start? Yeah. And, and maybe um, I'll let you decide how you want to do this, but maybe as you describe each type, I'd love to have you also talk about how we can love that type better because I think there are so many facets that we miss and we tend to love the way we want to be loved. And yet um, I really believe, I think it was Gary Smalley who said that we need to be a student of our spouse and really learn what they need. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. So so I'll go through all nine types. And what I'll do is for each type, I will say the wonderful attributes that they just naturally um, bring um, to um, you know us and how they reflect God. Um, and then I will piggyback on that same type with um, how to show them love. So that way we'll keep it all cohesive and together. Um, so our type ones are the moral perfectionists. And again, like you said, in the last episode, I go over why a type one is a type one through their core motivations. So um, if you're listening to this before the last episode, definitely go back and listen to why the type one is a type one. Um, but the type one is the moral perfectionist and they bring a reflection of God's goodness and rightness. And what that really means is ones have this amazing ability to see and know what is right and what is good and to highlight that into encourage others and themselves to walk in that goodness and rightness. And that reflects God because God is the most right, right? He's the most righteous and good. Um, And so we love the fact that the ones know what that looks like and to aspire to go there. They bring wisdom and depth and insight to things that some of us will overlook or miss. They know how to look at details. And so when you're talking about loving a spouse that is a type one, or it could even be a kid, you know, your kid or a parent or a coworker, um, the things that you want to remember is to remind your type one often that you love them and Christ loves them. Um, See, we want to recognize that the type ones have a loud inner critic that is berating them and assaulting them with all the things that are wrong, um, whether within themselves or outside themselves. And it's, it's just a constant oppressive assault. And so what we want to do is first and foremost, show them how Christ has freed them from condemnation and how he gave them his righteousness so that when God looks at them, he's seeing Christ's righteousness and not tallying up all their wrongs because that has been taken away. So it's so important to constantly have that reframe and to bring encouragement to the one because they're constantly getting beaten up by this inner critic. And so we want to point out that we're thankful for the things that they do notice, how they give us advice that is solid and true. Um, Now, it may land on us as being critical, but if we can see it from their lens, we'll see that they're heart's intention is usually to help. Um, And so we want to thank them for their helpful um, kind of mindset towards us. Um, And then ask for forgiveness when we might have done something wrong. Just own it, apologize, and let reconciliation happen very quickly. And then I would say lastly is to be responsible for your like domain, your area of life. they're constantly feeling like they have to be the only adult around and lifting the load or pointing out to everyone what needs to happen. But if you take sincere responsibility and let them know 
that you want to partner with them in the things that need to get done, but you also want to have fun and do it together, that would be a real um, a real reprieve for their soul that they don't feel like they have to be the only one. So that's our type one. Oh my goodness. That is so good. There's somebody out there listening that has just had a huge aha moment. Oh, I love this. I love this. Okay. So tell us about number twos. Okay. So our twos are supportive advisors and they naturally bring love and nurture to the world. That's how they reflect God is through love and nurture. Um, They see and know other people's needs and emotions. Like they literally walk into a room and they intuitively know. Um, And so they know how to serve and move into someone's life in a very helpful way. And that is just so beautiful. Just like Jesus knew that we needed a savior and he came and did it for us. He served us in that way. Um, But so how we want to show the two love is giving them the affirmation and the appreciation of what they do on our behalf. Um, That is so important for us to recognize the the heart of a two. But we also want to remind them that their love for simply being them, that they don't have to do all these things in order for us to love them. We actually love them unconditionally. Now, that doesn't mean you don't thank them for what they did, but we just really want to hone in on, yeah, those things are really awesome and good. And I so appreciate them, but I just love you. It's a real hard concept for the twos to believe that they can be loved without doing some helpful service to others. Um, And just to remind them how cherished they are by God, that he wants them and pursues them unconditionally. Um, That is absolutely uh, valuable um, to help them to rest in who they are versus having to do. So then our type three is the successful achiever and they bring hope and radiance. That is how they reflect God. Um, And man, can they be so radiant and they have the ability to just really know what needs to get done and how to do it with great efficiency and success. Um, And it really is beneficial to those around them when they're doing it in this way. But what we also want to realize is that type threes believe they have to achieve in order to be loved and they need others to see or know or experience that achievement in order for them to say, you're amazing. You're great. I admire you. But what we want to do is we want to definitely give them the feedback that they are great because they do amazing things and we appreciate all the efforts that they have, but that we love them for simply being them. They don't have to accomplish anything in order to earn that love. That would mean so much to the type three, but we also want to reflect how God does that too. See, God knew that they couldn't achieve what they ultimately needed. So he sent Christ to be that perfect um, person who achieved everything that was needed on their behalf and that they can rest. See, threes are constantly going to the next thing and the next thing to achieve this, this next level. But now they can realize, oh, my achievements are Christ's achievements. I can exhale instead of being a human doing, I can be a human being. And we want to constantly point that out to them with much appreciation of who they are, but also how they can rest and be in their authentic self. Um, Then our type fours are our romantic individualist, and they bring creativity and depth. And this is so remarkable because beauty is something that we all just are enamored by, right? Like when you see a beautiful flower or a beautiful landscape, I mean, it's just like, you can't, 
help but stop and look at it and the uniqueness, the design that God has given. So they bring a lot of creativity and beauty to the forefront, but they also bring depth and meaning and purpose, um, especially when it comes around emotions. And it really reflects Christ because Christ not only experienced the joys of life, but he also was a man of sorrows. He understood the pains that we went through. And fours are wonderful at being there with us in the midst of suffering and sorrow and not trying to just fix us, but just being there. And it's such a remarkable gift that they give us. But we also want to recognize of how we can love our fours. So fours feel like there's something defective and flawed within them and that something's missing, something foundational. And so they feel like they have to be unique and different and to be seen for this uniqueness and difference in order to be loved. But Christ created them uniquely to be them, and he doesn't make mistakes, so they're not defective and flawed, even though they feel like it. So even though we may not fully understand a four, we can say, I want to know you more. I want to get to know you more, but I also want you to remember how beautifully you've been designed by God. And when God creates something, he says, it is good. And I want you to, and then helping them to remember that even when there's a tsunami of emotions that may say otherwise, you know, that's not true. And so we want to constantly reflect back to them the beauty that God has created in their unique design. Then our type fives are our investigative thinkers, and they bring wisdom and truth. See, fives love to pour into research and knowledge and observe the world. And they love to see things and like literally pull them apart and put them back together again, whether they're concepts or real things. Um, And so they love to get into the minutia of knowing how things work. But with that, they have so much depth of knowledge that when it rises in a very healthy way, they bring insights and truth that are it's wisdom and it's remarkable. Now, how we can support our fives is to understand a five. A lot of people actually don't understand fives, um, especially if you're on the extrovert spectrum or you really enjoy connecting with people on multiple levels and for long lengths of time. This would be hard for you to understand a five because the fives in our world, it's as if they wake up every day being plugged in and kind of restoring their energy, their interactive battery life every day would be like a cell phone when you wake up every day, even though it's been plugged in all night, only having 20 to 25% interactive battery life for the entire day. So they need to know what's happening that day, how to ration it out um, so that it doesn't deplete. Because for them, if it goes to zero, it's catastrophic depletion, annihilation. It's gone. They'll never be able to recharge it again. Now, that may seem ex- extreme to the rest of us, but if we all understand our own hangups and how they're probably not true, um, you'll recognize that this is how it's hardwired into a five. So you'll feel some resistance, some boundaries going up from a five because they feel like they can't give more than what they have. So a great thing that we can do for our fives is say, hey, we're going to go out with the Smiths tonight. Um, and these are the things that are happening during the day. What would be beneficial for you to be at your best to go hang out with the Smiths? Because I know a lot of times you'll you'll kind of feel depleted and it's hard for you to go. How can I serve you best? Now, or if he comes home, let's say your husband or your wife comes home from work and they're a five and 
you're going to go to the Smiths. Number one, don't surprise them. <laughs> That's not a good thing. But if you were to be like, hey, you know, we planned on to go to the Smiths. I'm sure you had a busy day. You know, would you like 15, 30 minutes to kind of take some time alone to recharge before we go? Or, hey, where's your battery life? How can I understand where you're at right now? And how can I serve you? Like those would be so meaningful for your type five. Um, the type sixes are the loyal guardians and they bring faithfulness and courage. Um, the, the faithfulness of a six is so remarkable. They stay very steady and steadfast in their loyalty and their commitment in doing the responsible thing for those that they love. And that is just remarkable. And then at their healthiest, they bring a ton amount of courage. Because remember, they're going through their own self-doubt and indecisiveness because they have an internal committee that is giving them all sorts of scenarios. But you'll, what you see is that the sixes each and every day rise above that and have courage to do the next things in life. And so they bring courage to us. They show us even the midst of anxiety and apprehension, we can be courageous in doing the next thing. So one way we can support the sixes is one, understanding that they have an internal committee that is causing chaos and confusion and apprehension. And to understand this and not be like, oh, it's okay. Everything's going to be perfectly fine in a way that doesn't show appreciation for what they're going through. So just to recognize the struggle of the anxiety of the internal committee for the six, to be there to support them, to guide them, or to point areas where they would feel more safe and secure, but letting them know that you are committed, you are loyal, you're faithful and responsible, that they can trust you. And to not only say it, but demonstrate it would absolutely be the best thing you can do for your sixes. And then a few more, we got three more. The type sevens is the entertaining optimist. Now they bring joy and abundance and sevens absolutely know how to not just have fun, but when they're at their healthiest, they savor the moments of life, which translates into real joy and they can, it radiates from them and we, it's infectious. We have joy along with them, but they also bring abundance and it's like they've gathered all of this joy and they want to impart it to us. Like it almost overflows into our life. Um, and that's what God does as well. And so that's why I love how all of these things reflect um, God in a very unique way. But one thing we can do for our sevens is recognize that it's really hard for sevens to sit in negativity or anything that is less than positive. Now, that doesn't mean they shouldn't learn. But what would be really helpful for the seven is if there's something that is mundane or boring or not fun or actually really hard to recognize that that is extremely difficult for them to sit in. So anytime that we can bring a sense of reprieve, levity to the situation, maybe even make it fun and exciting. If it's like a chore, like make a game out of it, um, make it fun. It doesn't have to be serious all the time. That shows them like, I see that those other things are hard for you. And I want to meet you halfway um, to the best of my ability, but also appreciate that they bring a sense of positivity to a really negative world. That really would uh, mean a lot to them. Um, and then our eights are our protective challengers. They bring power and protection. You know, God is 
our refuge. He is our strength, our shield. Um, and that is really what eights are all about. They want to protect themselves, but those in their inner circle. And they do it with power and intensity. And that's how God is for us. You know, he is um, the hound of heaven. He is the good shepherd. You know, he does all of these things to provide and protect us. So we want to affirm our aids in how they do provide and protect us, but also to recognize that they have a vulnerable, tender side within them that usually only those in their inner circle sees. And when you see it, let them know how much you appreciate that and how much you long to see that more and more because it's a hard place for them. They're afraid they're going to be blindsided or betrayed and to show them that they can trust you, not just in words, but in action and don't blindside them. Don't manipulate them and don't um, try to take control, come alongside them and support them. These would be things that could really be beneficial. And then last but not least is my type, the uh, peaceful mediator. We bring peace and oneness we naturally are looking for harmony and peace, and we want to bring a sense of steadiness, but oneness. Think of a round table where we all can gather that everyone is important and everyone has value. That is what we bring, and that's what we radiate. And so how you can show nines um, love is to literally not just say that they matter, but to demonstrate that they matter. Give them space to talk, to explain. Um, to think through what they want, get be patient and long suffering because it can take nines a while to say what they want, to know what they want, and to then move in their right action. Um, a lot of times in their mind, they're thinking, I shouldn't assert myself, I should just let everyone else do it. So that's where long suffering can come with those that love nines. But then also to show the nine how much you appreciate their steadiness their ability to see all sides, to bring harmony and reconciliation um, in relationships and to be that kind of firm foundation that um, others can stand upon. And so those would just be some really amazing things to come alongside anyone in your life that is a different type than you. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So uh, I, I bet you guys are as impressed by that as I was. That was amazing, Beth. I love how well you know um, the Enneagram, but how you point us all to Jesus and and that whole idea that every single type is valuable. Every single type has a quality of God that they bring to the world. And so I was sitting here thinking, oh, that's my brother. Hmm, mm. Yeah. Okay, that's my son. That's my daughter. And and when we can truly dwell in understanding with each other, I think rather than judgment of each other, what a gift that we give to to not only our our spouse and our immediate family, but really to those we work with, to those we interact with, rather than saying what is wrong with them. Yeah. We can go, "Oh, okay. I think I understand." That's powerful. Absolutely. It is. It's super powerful. And it's so important because really that's how God wants us to treat one another, right? They will know us by our love. And it's hard to love when we only see the world through our own lens. Um, and so it's, what's interesting is, and kind of ironic is the nines, um, they actually are putting on everyone else's lenses all the time and not their own. So everyone else kind of needs to learn how to put on other people's lenses a little bit more. Some, some are good at it. Some are more black and white. Um, but then the nines need to learn to actually put their own lens on 
as they also use everyone else's because uh, nines know themselves the least and they need to learn that their presence and they, that they have value and worth and to show up with that perspective as well. Mm, that is so, so good. Well, you guys, I do want you to definitely pick up this book because all of this incredible knowledge is just like scratching the surface. And Beth and Jeff have set up the book where the last part um, gives several, like is it six, maybe six pages to mm-hmm. each type and walks through a lot of what she shared in the last um, episode, but also much of what she's sharing here and even more. And I love how the Enneagram itself shows us, um, here's, here's your strengths, but here's your weaknesses. Here's how you grow towards health. Here's where if you're not doing well in health, you're, this is going to be some of your actions. And I have just, I've personally learned so much. Um, one of the other things that we talked about in the last episode is that, um, that there are wings, there are there are different layers, and so you may go, well, I don't, I don't see myself. Well, one of the things that you can do is you can go to um, to the yourenneagramcoach.com and you can take a free test, and then also you can take what you've learned and tell us what they can do when it comes to marriage or working with other people. Yeah. So, you know, like obviously the book is um, a great resource, but we also have a couple other resources that in your marriage you might be interested in if you want to take it a little further. Um, We have a course called Exploring You, and this is my pre-recorded coaching sessions focused on a particular type. So if you're type two and your husband is a six, then you would buy the type two for yourself and you would buy the six for him, but you'd want to watch them together. And be amazed at what you're learning about yourself, but then also amazed about what you're learning about your spouse. Like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize that. And then there's reflection questions that you guys can use to have discussion. And then when you're done with the Exploring You courses, you can also go to becomingus.com where we have 45 courses for all 45 couple types. And there's a course specifically for the two of you, whether you're a type two and a six combination, a nine and a nine combination, you name it, there's a course for you. And this is where I explain on a deeper level how the two of you interact when you're not doing well and when you are doing well, or the hope that lies before you with transformation in the gospel. And it's very specific. It's geared towards the two of you, which is kind of why I I suggest doing the Exploring You course first to really get to know yourselves well, to start that conversation. And then this course is going to, you're going to think that I have a video camera in your house. (laughs) How does she know that we do this? Um, But the whole point is to not feel um, convicted in a way where there's condemnation and shame. In fact, it's the opposite. I want you to see the hope that you have in Christ and that he has already accomplished all that you need in and through you, through his life, death, and resurrection. And as we surrender and depend on him and walk in faith with the spirit, he will renew our hearts day after day in our in ourselves and then in our marriage and our families. And so that becoming us course is going to be vital for you guys to take this like as far as you can absolutely go. And again, that's at becomingus.com. Yeah, excellent. And you'll also find a free marriage assessment just to kind of give you a taste of of what you can expect in that course. 
I'm so excited about this message and the tools that you have available to help us dwell with each other in understanding because I I had become in our own marriage in those early years so discouraged and so disappointed and I couldn't understand why my husband couldn't understand me. Mm-hmm. And I, he was just as frustrated on the other side. And it was interesting. God did this whole process of healing our marriage that I'm going to talk about over the course of these podcasts as the years go by. But, but one of the big things was we just took this simple cognitive process test um, as a staff, a church staff. And we had never done anything really like that. And all of a sudden, as I began to see how John processes life is is in diametric opposition <laughs> to the way that I process life, then all of a sudden, like that one point you make about the nines, like give them time. I, I'm that girl who's like, you know, I, I've got an opinion. I want a decision. I want action right away. And Boy, learning to just like offer information to John, say, here's the decisions we need to make, but then back off and give him time to process. Oh my goodness, that transformed our marriage. Yeah, absolutely. When you consider um, the different ways, I'm kind of curious what you found in your counseling and just in research. Um, I I think there's a part of us that thinks, oh, if I was just, if we were exactly the same, it would be so much easier. Do you find that if you are the same type that that's an easier life? Yeah, no, um, I don't say, I wouldn't say it's harder and I wouldn't say it's easier. Um, what you're going to find is types that are, we call them double type combinations. So a two and a two or nine and a nine, um, they have, they're going to understand one another a little bit easier and get each other. Um, but they also, where they have struggles and weaknesses or blind spots are going to become bigger blind spots. Um, but that doesn't mean that means that relationship is worse off or harder um, than another type because another type has their own weaknesses and blind spots that are just different. And it could be harder for them to understand one another. So no matter what couple type that you are, you have to recognize the key is being aligned with the truth of the gospel. When you know that that Christ is the spring of living water and that you are like a desert and you are so thirsty, only the spring of living water can quench your thirst and, and bring deep satisfaction. But we think it's going to come from our kids, our spouse, our careers, but they're only like a little water bottle. And for a desert, that is not going to do any good. And so once we satisfy our our thirst with the spring of living water, and we're so saturated, then when we turn to these little water bottles, it's like, oh, cool. Thanks. That's incredible. You know, because we're already filled up. And so we just need to recognize that no matter what couple type combination you are, Christ is there with you both. And the more you drink from the source you will see your relationship changed. Even if your spouse doesn't, you will change. And mm. that that changes everything. Now, it may not change it to the place that you hope, um, but you will see the transformation. You will be so satisfied in Christ. It will permeate in all your life. Um, now, hopefully and prayerfully that will change. You know, your spouse will change and they will be satisfied by Christ and the spring that he offers. But that 
is the work that God is doing in them. If you focus on your own work and not trying to change and nag everyone around you, you will see that God will take care of you even if others aren't changing. You will find a whole new level of joy and deep satisfaction. So stay focused on Christ. Keep your eyes fixated on him and great things will happen. Ah, yes. And I, I, I think we're probably both living proof of that because, oh my goodness, those, those years of frustration. And I had just kind of shut down emotionally and decided that we would be married singles. He would do his thing and I would do mine, but the Lord in his mercy would not leave us. Us there. Mm. And as I found myself just so, you know, Lord, change him. I, the Lord, he took me on a three-year journey where he basically said, Joanna, get your hands off my man. Mm. I want to change you. And as I was willing to look at myself and let God have access to me, he began this process of healing and and I can honestly say, John and I look at each other and say, oh, my word, what we would have missed had we not allowed God access to our own souls. And it's so easy to get fixated on others. And I love the Enneagram because it's this, it's just a tool. It's not a magic wand. Like you say, it's just a roadmap. It shows you the rumble strips. I love that so much. My, my son's in driver's training. And so those rumble strips, I'm feeling a lot lately. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. And so, so to be willing to go, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm going to get my eyes off of them and what they're doing. And I'm going to allow you to show me what I need to see. So thank you for doing this work, Beth. It, it's, I just feel like it's so important. And especially, especially because you have taken a tool that is, you know, Hey, there's a lot of stuff out there. We talk in the last episode about, you know, how there's some, even some controversy, but what I appreciate about this gospel centered approach to the Enneagram is that it points us to Jesus. It points us to what it looks like when we drink of that well that you've talked about. What would you say to that wife out there who's maybe feeling a little like I did or that husband where uh, we don't even know mm-hmm. if there's any hope of a different marriage? Yeah. Well, that's the good news is there's always hope. Um, you know, Christ, that's what he offers, that um, there's hope, there's renewal. It may not look the way we wanted it to look, but he will restore. He will replenish. He will um eventually reconcile all things to himself. Um, What we can rest on is that his life, death, and resurrection did bring us satisfaction, but it continues until we go to heaven. And so it's, it's not a finished, we're stuck with what we have right now. It is an ongoing process. And it is what he calls us to do is not pull yourself up by your bootstraps and work harder it's he's calling you to surrender and depend on him. And as we walk in faith in the things that he has asked us to do, he restores and renews and gives us great hope. And again, it may not look like anything you expected, but he will give you much joy and delight in the way that he sees is best. Mm. Oh, that's so beautiful. I really know that, um, It was not until I laid down my expectations of my husband 
and begin to accept him rather than expect of him mm-hmm. that our marriage was healed. And I, I was just thinking of that verse in Romans fifteen seven that says, accept one another then just as Christ accepted you. And then it goes on to say that when we do that, you guys, we bring praise to God. There is something beautiful when brethren and sisters, <laughs> I never quite know how to say that word, <laughs> dwell together in unity. And so I would just love as we close, Beth, if you if you would just pray over those couples. Um, maybe, maybe even there's some people, they're not married, uh, they don't have a spouse, but boy, they are struggling in some relationships. But there's come some illumination and there and, and a chance to step back and and see a different perspective, to put on different lenses. Would you just pray for the us that we would be able to to have that heart to be willing to accept people as they are, not as we want them to be. Yeah, definitely. Dear Lord, thank you so much for how you designed us to um, have one another as spouses, as friends, to not be sojourners on this um, earth, but to walk with one another. And so I just pray, Lord, that no matter if we're married or we're single and we have friendships and co-workers and uh, family members, that we recognize that there are nine different ways of seeing the world, that you created the body of Christ, each of us different. But also when we unify in our desire to glorify you, great things can happen. So I just pray that you will help each one that's listening to learn the different lenses to be able to take off their own for even if it's a brief second, put someone else's on to learn what it's like to have compassion and empathy and understanding so that grace and mercy can freely flow through those relationships. Um, And we pray most importantly that you are glorified Others are blessed and we experience great joy in you. Amen. 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 Oh, thank you so much for me being with us, Beth. I I look forward to chatting with you down the road. Do you have anything, any new projects on the horizon? Well, we're going to be doing um, a lot of Becoming Us uh, events. Um, actually, this spring we have 12. And so we're going to go, be going to different cities. Um, people can go to becomingus.com to see if we're near you. Um, and so we've got that on the horizon and a few other uh, podcasts. We're probably going to start a podcast. Um, yeah, so we got a few things on the horizon, but, uh, last year was our big year with launching 10 books and the marriage course for 45 couple types. And then we have a become an Enneagram coach course. Uh, we can certify, uh, coaches to use this in their own, whether it's you know, as a coach or maybe your counselor or some sort. So we revamped that last year. So we took the last month or so just to kind of take a big deep breath and get ready for this year. So we're looking forward to meeting more people around the country with Becoming Us. Oh, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. God has put so many different kinds of people with different viewpoints in our lives. And he did it for a purpose. Ephesians 4.2 instructs us, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, accept one another in love. And that's what the Enneagram can help us do. I hope that you'll go over to the show notes found at joannaweaverbooks.com forward slash 026. And while you're there, check out the giveaway that we're hosting on Facebook. Beth has been so kind to offer a copy of her book as well as her online course called Discovering You. 
It's filled with tools to teach you more about the nine personality types, as well as help you drill down to discover which one you fall within. So there you have it, the Gospel-Centered Enneagram. Next week, my pastor hubby dear is going to be joining us on the podcast, and I am so excited, but also a little bit nervous. We're going to talk honestly about how we've learned to appreciate and embrace our differences in marriage, but we're also going to share ways that we've found to help us balance family and ministry. So I hope you'll join us. And hey, if you enjoy the Living Room Podcast, would you consider subscribing on your favorite podcast platform? It's completely free. And here's the wonderful deal. You'll automatically receive all the new episodes right there in your phone. You don't have to go searching for me. I'll already be there waiting for you to take a listen. Kind of creepy, huh? (laughs) Well, thank you again for joining us for this special series. I hope it helps you keep living and loving and leading like Jesus. See you next week.